if you get anxious, ask yourself always, is this for, am I making this about me or is it about my kid? Chances are you're making it about you and just observe that in yourself. It does, again, doesn't mean you're a bad person or anything or you're a bad parent or your kid's doomed, but just observe that stuff because later on, you know, it's going to be valuable if you've observed your kid, you know, gravitating towards one thing or another. How can you help them achieve at a very high level in that chosen area? Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson. My name is Mats Anderson. We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world. Are you an IP parent? Hey, it's Coach Ariel Anderson, and you just heard the voice of Dr. Shirag Shamasian, who, for nearly 20 years, with his group of super smart admissions nerds, has been helping thousands of students get accepted to America's top colleges, medical schools, and law schools at unprecedented rates using his exclusive approach. And he is sharing some bits of gold from his approach to get you started in thinking about how your path is unique and where you get information and what is right and wrong is super important as far as not wasting energy and time and let's get real stress because uh, no matter where you're coming from in the world to possibly go to a school here uh, there's just so much to know and he's keeping up with uh, he and his team are keeping up with you know what currently makes the difference because some of the information we have sometimes is old. And I don't know about you, but I have had it happen many times where you are doing something, you think it's the right thing, and then you get really frustrated realizing that you've been spending energy on something that just doesn't make time, sense for this time and this moment. Uh, so I'm really excited to share that conversation with you. And of course, because I got you right now, I want to definitely remind you of things that I know may be important to you or somebody you care about. Um, one is that next week, the second through the fourth, um, each morning, I'm going to be doing a live coaching session. It's called Three Day Exhale, and it's fertility over 40. Of course, you may not be 40. <laughs> you might be 50. You might be 30-something, but being treated and going through the path in a way that's as if you're older or that your body is not agreeing with what you want to do, and this is just such a great literally exhale what, what I'm going to be working with you on is just to get you through the holidays and beyond in those moments that are uncomfortable and you know give you a few tips and tricks along the way uh, because you know I spent years working on that path and I want it to be less and less painful for you if at all possible um, and meanwhile of course Fridays 10 o'clock uh, on YouTube I do a mini coaching session with a topic and this week's topic is around family stories and how they affect your fertility. And that's it for that. Of course, if you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. Definitely subscribe if you're returning. Thank you for being here. And let's just dive in with Dr. Shirag Shamasian. Well, welcome, Shirag Shamasian. <laughs> yes, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you. I am. Uh, it's a rare moment that I I run into another fellow Armenian because, uh, well, my name doesn't show it because I married a, a Swede. I was going to uh, say someone Scandinavian, it seems. <laughs> it is, in fact, the Swede from Sweden. Um, but my middle name still reflects that I have Anahid as my middle Anahid. name. Anahid is my uh, Anahid is my aunt's name. So um, 
Yeah. It was my great aunt's name as well. So it's how I ended up with that. Yeah. The wild one in the family. Well, yeah. nice to see you. And yep, I'm likewise. excited to have the conversation it's yeah. been on the calendar, waving its hand at me. Uh, <laughs> I would love for you to just start, if you don't mind, to just to tell me a little bit about how how you got to this point, you know, where you, the story that led up to where you are now and, and how you're helping the world and, so, and parents and young people in the world, um, what led up to the moment that made you want to show up for this? Yeah. Um, it's, um, it all happened organically, uh, to be frank. You know, I, I sometimes joke that I don't know any eight-year-olds who, um, you know, say, say one day I want to be a, you know, an admissions advisor. Um, it's, it's not <laughs> something that you're dreaming of, like being a professional baseball player or, um, or something like that. But uh, here I am. No, I mean, my, my story is, uh, again, you know, I have immigrant parents who, who came to this country and grew up in a pretty, you know, in an ethnic enclave, basically in Los Angeles, um, around the Armenian community there. And I went to an all Armenian high school and really the goal for, um, you know, folks who attended this high school was go to UCLA. It's a great school. Um, you know, it's a financially sound decision and you'll be around your family and all the other Armenians. Right. And so that was sort of it. Um, there wasn't much more thinking around, you know, getting out, like what else is out there. In fact, you know, you mentioned you, uh, you're based in Northern California and, um, you know, when people got into Berkeley, it was always like, did they get into UCLA too? Some, some, yes. If so, they would go to UCLA. Um, but if they got into just Berkeley and I don't know, should we do Berkeley or community college for two years and go to UCLA? Right. And so, um, you know, your, your, your faith is shifting, which communicates to me that that's surprising because Berkeley is an incredible school, but that was the mentality, um, you know, I grew up around. And so when, you know, when I wanted something different for my own education, it was, um, you know, it was the case that, you know, I had to learn on my own. You know, I didn't have, you know, people at my school didn't really know about, you know, schools outside of Southern California, um, certainly, you know, North, all of California, outside of California, it was just sort of like, oh, it's like out there. It's like the, the woods, basically. And so was self-taught with the process and had a lot of success with admissions, um, was able to graduate debt-free. And as I was getting, you know, having my own admission success and getting scholarships and things like this, people just started asking me questions. Um, you know, hey, I heard, yeah, how'd you do it? I also have these hopes. It was almost like closeted students, right? Where they were like, I, I feel like I can't talk about this. Um, but then, you know, how'd you do it? And so when I was helping other students achieve success too, they just, they started telling others. And and I was doing this as just a labor of love um, for many, many years, um, for, you know, and, and over time, you know, I just saw that, okay, I really enjoy this. Um, my students have had tremendous success. Um, you know, I, 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 I like doing this. And so I started, um, I started my, my organization and, um, and again, it just, to this day, we don't, we don't spend a dollar on advertising or anything like that. And it's all through word of mouth and through the resources we put out. And it's been an incredible blessing. And, uh, and, and now I guess the, you know, the strong passion has, has followed. Wow. Thank you. I always appreciate to hear that the story behind, you know, what's happening in the moment and, and, you know, I, I it, a lot of people do struggle with, you know, the process of, you know, even deciding where to be and all of that. And, uh, and I'm so happy to hear that you continue to have success with recommendations, because I think it's the ultimate best way to both find, um, find a good resource, 
and to live as a business because it really shows and reminds you every day that you have uh, uh, that your that your heart based business is actually it's, it's showing up that people get that because they're passing on the word. And yeah. I know personally that I, I anything that we do, we always like to hear from somebody a positive experience because there's just so much out there. It's overwhelming yeah. as to you know all the ads and things that pop up that absolutely it's much more valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious inside of this because I mean, there's different things that popped up when you were just talking about your story. I, the first kind of random bit is that because you talk about, you know, um, parents that are immigrant background. And I think I always look at the U.S. with this, uh, aside from a small group of people that Native Americans and maybe people from Mexico over. Well, overall, we're all immigrants, but people forget this. But the the main piece, do you think there's anything connected to being an immigrant and um like what, what changes the, what changes the process or the emotional mind? Like what's going on that's different, do you think, from being a family of immigrants versus somebody who's been around a little bit longer? Is there a different process and yeah. with the parents, with the, you know, what, what really shows up? Yeah, that's a good question. And I can speak, uh, I can speak about my personal experience um, and what I've observed with my parents, but then now I'm a parent and I'm seeing differences with the way I'm sort of viewing my kid than how I remember my parents sort of treated me. And, um, but then also working with, um, frankly, we work with uh, mostly families where the parents immigrated to this country, right? And so, um, and so I'm happy to chat about, you know, my observ my observations there. So I can't, you know, I can't speak to the, you know, the, the non-immigrant experience. I also, um, I also don't want to, you know, I, I, I'm going to be making some generalizations. I just want to preface this conversation with, with that. Um, but really, I mean, when my parents came here, uh, it was because they were, um, they were experiencing Lebanon during a civil war. So it's not like they were like, oh, like I've heard America's night. It wasn't like that, right? It was literally my, um, they, they observed some pretty tragic events even within their own family of, you know, loss and, and things like this. And, um, and so it was one of these, like, we have to leave. And, you know, why they chose America, um, I, I, I believe my dad, you know, got his, uh, an offer to do his master's degree outside of St. Louis. And so they, that's where they came initially. They were there two years, then moved to Los Angeles. And so in other words, like America was more than just, um, you know, it was opportunity. It was also security. It wasn't just a nice place to be. Right. And so, you know, when they came here, they're like, okay, we've here, we're here, we've made sacrifices. We're separate from our families. Uh, we're going to pursue education and be successful here and all that kind of stuff. And I think, um, you know, you'll have to ask them to confirm this, but I think, you know, when they were looking at my brother and me, you know, they saw education and, you know, strong income and stability and all these kinds of things that these very important things, because it's like, okay, a, it was, well, our decision was justified and well worth it, but then also, you know, making sure that their kids are also okay. You know, you guys are going to be okay. You're going to be well. You're going to take care of yourselves. Your families are going to be okay. All this kind of stuff. And and so I think it meant more to them. I think sometimes we think about like college and people are just like really upset if like they don't get into this or that college or really gunning for this one college. It's because it means something else, right? So if you go to Yale, it means like you've made it. That you're going to be a, the success story. It's going to be okay. All that work, you know, had a point. Uh, all those classes you took, all those lessons that you know it it had, it was justified. That's what it represents, I think, to so many people. Um, 
you know, so when my parents, you know, pushed me and when I got a 97 on exam, they asked me, where's the three points? And I hated that. But I know that I see now, you know, that they were pushing me to be, um, you know, to essentially achieve um, security and stability, you know, the kind that they didn't always have. And, you know, I'm the parent now of a, of a two-year-old, soon to be three-year-old. So he's not even in school. I mean, he's in a, you know, like a daycare slash preschool kind of thing. But I find myself too sometimes, you know, wishing like uh, certain things for him. Ooh, it would be great if he could do this. It would be, so I already see it in my head, right? Like my, and I have to stop myself and think like, is this about me or about him? And a lot of times when I feel uncomfortable, it's about, I'm making it about me and it's wrong you know, and, um, and so it's, so it's not like I'm, I'm immune to it. Um, because, you know, I, I'm not an immigrant myself or something like that. I was born in Los Angeles, but I see how we have wishes for our children. Um, and our wishes are very much shaped by our experiences. And so if my parents experience they're they're immigrants and they're like, we had to leave because there's all this, you know, rough stuff out there. Well, how can we sort of, how, where do we get insurance? Where, or where do we get the assurance? You know, both of those things um, for our own kids. And for them, it was education and career. Um, you know, and that's, that's where they believe we would find it. And, and so when I, you know, speak with other families, I get a lot of, well, we didn't go to school in this country. And so, A, we don't know. But we know that going to these schools helps, right? It entrenches us here. There are strong brand names, right? If someone says, uh, some people have said, is the education at an Ivy League school really better than the... It's not just about the education. A lot of places you guys are reading the same textbooks. That's not the problem. It's not a. It's not the best place to obtain book knowledge. It's about you know the opportunities, the name, all that stuff that follows you, and that means something to someone. Like you know, Louis Vuitton bag holds stuff. So does a bag that costs ten percent of it. But what does that mean to me, right? Um, and you have to think about it that way too. Yeah, those are really, really good points because even the piece about, you know, why different schools would be important or or what different opportunities, uh, what what they pose, like, what do you actually get from those? And the, and the, there's so, uh, my mind just went blank. I'm sorry. I I was just taking it in what you were talking about, because the, the thing is, is you're coming from another country, you were talking about this. Uh, first, you were talking about this conscious parenting bit where you were recognizing your own humanity, which I think every one of us tries not to do, or many of us try not to do the imposing our own ideas. I know my, my husband and I talk about that a lot because his, da- his dad wanted he and his sister to be Olympians. So that was the path that they got. Yeah. And now he tries not to push that on his kids. He tries to be aware and to support their dreams versus only, you know, um, you know, his own ideas of things, but we all slip in those moments because we're, we're also reacting. (laughs) We're also reacting to our parents. Right. So like, it's not just that we're these, you know, super enlightened people. Um, (laughs) It's also like, man, you know, when I got that from my parents, there's aspects of that. I appreciate there are aspects of it that I don't appreciate. And so, um, and so when we say, well, I'm not going to be like them, I'm going to, that you're reacting. It's not just, you know, you don't just exist in a vacuum with your own child. Your parenting style also reflects what you got. Um, and I really believe that. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you've been talking about also just that piece of, you know, what we've experienced as parents and what our parents experienced and how that, you know, ripples down because, even when you don't, I mean, you and I both were born in this country. We don't have strong accents. 
you know, it's a very different reality. When I look at when I sometimes things come through, and I don't know if you see this both with yourself and your clients, but sometimes things come through, even though I feel I didn't go to an all Armenian high school. And I felt very separated from my Armenian heritage, but yeah. certain things rippled down and, and the, the schooling process that you talked about, you know, that's such a big piece of that. It was so important for my mother that I had to go to university. That was it. It was just so important because of the experience that her parents had had with, they were mm-hmm. both educated, but then they came to this country. They didn't speak the language perfectly. So life was not exactly as they expected. So they wanted different you know, they wanted everything to be amazing and perfect for their children, which sometimes works out and sometimes is a lot of pressure. So I'm, I'm happy that you're out there to be able to be that, uh, that bridge between the expectations, the experiences, and also your knowledge and understanding of um, the different schools and the way that things work here, that it can be different as well from the other schools. I know my husband is from, and my daughter were both born outside of this country and his experience of university is so different because our systems here are different. The way that schools are set up are different. So is that one of the pieces that you talk to people about um, when you're talking about different schools and you're talking about, you know, what to do next or how to work with, um, you know, where they want to apply and whatnot is the differences and the similarities. Because I know that uh, if I talk to somebody in Sweden and what they, you know, they have to decide really early on, what they want to do. So how do you, how do you work with people in that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So it's interesting. I don't spend too much time actually talking to people about the, you know, the differences between what they might've gotten in and their, you know, native country versus, you know, the States um, for two reasons. One, it's pretty similar. Like other countries I'm talking non-US, non-Canadian and to a degree like the UK and I like, schools outside of these countries they're or they're kind of similar in the sense that um they usually get tracked way earlier you got to take a test where you know it determines what career options you might be able to do uh, to get into a certain university you need to hit this tier if you hit this tier you can go to these schools if you hit this tier you can go to these schools and so on and that's pretty similar um with with a lot of countries around the world that are not you know that don't follow i guess the north american or uh, you know, model or the, you know, in certain European countries. Um, they also don't really write essays about who they are. That's a very American thing. I think sometimes we don't understand. Tell me about yourself. What makes you tick? What do you, where's your intellectual vitality? These are very American ideas. And so like, if you come from a certain country, it's like, what do you mean you want to, you want me to talk about myself? These are my scores, darn it. Like, what, what do you want to know? You know, um, that's so, so I think that there is that, um, there's that difference. So, but then the thing is that the, the families who, who come to me, so they, they might've not been, you know, the parents might not have gone to college here or done grad degrees here or whatever, but typically they're folks who understand the importance of, you know, going to a great school in America. And so they've done some research. So I'm not talking to folks who are complete blank slates when it comes to the, they're like, how do, what's a good college? Is this, they're not asking me, those, you know, what's college like in it? How long is college? They're not asking me questions like that. Um, they're usually, um, you know, decently informed. Uh, many, most of the time they have some misinformation, whether they read something on a for on Reddit or some other place and stuff like this. And that has influenced them. So we talk about, you know, um, I, I speak to those pieces of misinformation so that they're well-informed moving forward. 
Um, but the whole like comparing Amer the American system to uh, like the Indian system or something like that um, usually isn't that big a big a deal for for me. Okay, so they've got some of that information. I, I only ask because, you know, I, we were living in Prague in the Czech Republic for quite mm -hmm. some time. And that was often the comment about you got to take art classes. What you did this? Like what? What? We don't do any of that. Yeah, you explore. Know? So <laughs> that's also kind of an American thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, would you speak to a couple of those key misinformations that pop up? I'm just curious because, uh, you know, this is, yeah, I'm sure you see similarities. So see, excuse me, similar things probably come up more than once. Um, oh, yeah. What are a couple of the things that you might be willing to share with us that uh, pop up for people? There's so many things. I, um, <laughs> and, you know, we However help, many you feel like sharing yeah, today. I mean, so we help <laughs> students get into top colleges and then we spend, you know, uh, we, we, we work with a lot of students applying to medical school as well. And so there are, there are different, even like different pieces of misinformation across those, but like focusing on um, college admissions here for a moment. Uh, so a, a few pieces of misinformation are the import, the relative importance of different factors on an application. So parents hear, you know, Oh, it's a holistic process. It's not just grades and test scores the extracurriculars matter, the essays matter, recommendations matter, all this kind of stuff. They're like, yeah, they, a lot of parents can, can tell me perfectly how the holistic process works. And then when the rubber meets the road, my kid has this GPA and this test score. What's their odds of getting into this school? It doesn't work that way. But they have a 1560 and a, you know whatever GPA, they're probably going to get right. Like essentially like um, they try to simplify it to make it about numbers, even though intellectually they know that it's about the whole thing. Emotionally, when it comes down to it, you want to be able to say what boxes do just tell me what boxes I need to check. And so they, they go back to that. It's all about because they want that insurance because, you know, and so when they're applying to college, you know, sometimes they don't take the SAPs as, as important. It's like, ah, my kid doesn't actually need that help because, you know, their grades and test scores are like this months later. Oh my gosh, they didn't get in. How does the transfer process work? You know, and then the, it hits them and they're like, Oh, now I get it. Right. Um, alternatively, uh, you know, even if you think essays are important, extracurricular activities, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard it's important to develop a profile and a capstone project and all these kinds of stuff so that they can stand out. And then, you know, they don't do it for years. It's like, oh, well, but they did this competition, this competition, this competition. They got these grades. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, they don't have that profile. And again, they're surprised when their student's not strong enough. Because, look, if you're Harvard and you're looking at your applicant pool, chances are most people are in the top 5 10% of their class Chances are most of the applicants have very good test scores. Um, and so you're not differentiating yourself based on numbers. You know, maybe 20 years ago that worked. Now it doesn't. And so your extracurricular profile is insanely important. And another piece of misconception is like this, you know, this idea of a capstone project or a peak experience you have um, that it's done overnight. I get people who come to me right before the summer uh, between junior and senior year and they say, okay, this summer we need your help to build a capstone project. Like this is a multi-year thing, you know? 
Um, but you know, people don't heed the advice of start early because they're, they're in the rat race of the, you know, the coursework and the grades and all this kind of stuff. And so you have to, you know, you have to change the thinking. And I warn families all the time, look, we support you. You're in kids in ninth grade, 10th grade. In the beginning, you might feel it's slow because we're actually taking the time to figure out what they want to do. You're going to feel anxious. Your child's peers are going to be doing more in the beginning. And you're going to feel nervous that you're behind and they know something you don't. It's not true. You have to resist that feeling and acting on that feeling. And so these are the kind, I mean, these are just two examples. I mean, there, there are going to be others, um, you know, taking, having to take every hard course that your school offers, having to take college classes in addition to the hard courses at your school, you know, um, and this, that, and the other thing. So it doesn't end, honestly. Um, you know, there are so many uh, pieces of misinformation and anxiety getting in the way of people's behaviors, even when they know intellectually, you know, what the, what the right answer is. They can tell you to get the right answer on a test, so to speak. But when it comes to actually, you know, playing it out in their lives, it's a whole different story. Uh, I, I want to say that I really appreciate that piece that you just mentioned about, uh, how it might seem that in the beginning that the way that your processes work, it sounds like you're sort of observing and gathering information at the beginning rather than just throwing them in and having them do a bunch of things. Yeah. And that that might not be what other people are doing around. I think that's some place that a lot of us, whether it's in business or with our kids can get caught up in what you should be doing because others are doing that versus really um, doing things in a mindful way, like really thinking about where you're putting your energy and, uh, I really appreciate that because I see a lot of parents and st uh, students getting way overstressed and then putting energy in the wrong places and then creating more stress. So yep. uh, I just want to just really, you know, put my hand up for that piece. And, and also just saying like, what do you, you know, you're talking about how it's really a process. So what would be the ideal, like for you, ideal client, ideal for parents and students, when would be the, the best version of working with you? Would it be starting as early as when they first start in high school and they're making their decisions yep. about electives or when would you That's ideal. suggest if a parent's listening, you'd say, come talk to me in eighth grade or what are we talking yeah. about? Yeah. I mean, the ideal is the summer before freshman year or, you know, a couple mm -hmm. of months before then so that we can actually plan the summer for freshman year, because then that way we can think about a four-year course plan we can think about developing, you know, a schedule for, um, you know, extracurricular activities and things like this. Um, because, you know, if you come to me in junior year, well, most of the story has been written. Uh, you know, it's just the last piece that we're, we're going to write together. And, and so it just gives us a little bit more wiggle room. Um, the other thing I would caution parents against um, is, is wanting, so I get this question a lot. Will you provide a roadmap? Literally the words roadmap are spoken. Um, and I don't know where this term origin, frankly, I don't know um, if, you know, if someone out there knows whether it's from, I don't know, the engineering field or another field or something like that, or it's just been passed around in the community of, you know, parents of high schoolers, I'm not sure. But, um, but I've, I've come some, to, to learn that that sometimes means parents want to know from day one, what are you going to do month one, month two, month three, month four, month five, month six, month seven? It just doesn't work that way. I don't know what a 13-year-old's going to be excited about at age 16 before I've met them. 
right? And so you have to think of it more like a funnel. In the beginning, you're going to try a few things that we we believe the students interested in based on what they've shared with us, where we've seen their natural, like where their skills sort of gravitate and then develop, okay, I think you should try these things. Let Then let's recap. Did you like it? Yes, no. What about it? Did you like, okay, based on that, what can we do next? And, and sort of niche down over time. But when, you know, um, if you come and within two weeks, we don't have a roadmap yet of what three, the next three years, you know, because also what the danger of a roadmap too, is like, what if the student has an incredible opportunity, right? That they, you know, we hadn't thought would be available to them necessarily. And now what are we going to go off the roadmap? And then it's going to be, well, the roadmap, you know what I mean? So you have to be careful not to handcuff yourself to, to stuff like that as well. You know, to our earlier point about, you know, not having too much in mind about what your kid ought to be doing and then pushing them towards that or whatever. Same thing. You know, if you're too obsessed with they're going to enter this competition in this grade this summer, they're going to do this thing. Well, some of those summer programs are competitive. What if your kid doesn't get in? What's the plan B? Does the roadmap account for that? Right. So you have to build in flexibility. We, we, we love building direction for our students and we have, you know, the, the 30,000 foot view of what they ought to be doing, but we have to be open to pivots and changes and all this kind of stuff. Right. How many success stories do we hear about business where, where they ended up was not what their, what their original idea was as entrepreneurs. But if they said, you know what, come hell or high water, we're doing the original idea. Uh, we wouldn't have, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the greatest companies ever, you know, if their founders thought that way. And so why should our students think that way when they're looking to develop their own profiles? Ah, amen. Absolutely. Because it's, it, it's every, uh, nearly every, many, many, many stories are all about, you know, the destination and then what happened along the way yep. when they had this roadmap, which by the way, in coaching, I also like all the coaches I interact with, every other one has a roadmap. And I completely hear you. It seems to be a fashion term that drives me nuts because I also think, well, while I'm not just scientific, I, I also like to work with the intuitive piece. I yeah. like you that what pops up along the way is if you, it's that predict and control thing. I think that's partly what this is about. We want to be able to predict and control We're everything because that feels safe but you limit yep. yourself, like you just said, and that's um, so much as possible. So I, uh, that is such an important piece for me to hear about you guys, because I always like to know, um, you know, what core values are behind uh, a group. And I trust my intuition when somebody pops up and says, Hey, let's have a conversation or vice versa. I kind of trust that feeling, but I, I love it when I get the confirmation, the validation of how you guys are working, because there's so much uh, mindset stuff that gets mixed in. And when yep. you're a young person and then you feel like, oh, I've committed to this. So now I have to just stick with this roadmap. And even though this thing is kind of lighting me up, oh, but no, I said I was going to do it this way. And I need to find my it. passion. Yeah, exactly. I, I need to find my passion my before I do or... anything. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. And, yes, yes. Uh, and you see it over and over. And like you said about the stories, I have a friend who had fantastic parents. He was the whole time he, he was, they wanted him on the road of, you know, like you were talking about uh, success and, and affluence to feel comfortable, not be worried about their child. I remember he was on the lawyer path. And I remember thinking, even at 16, he had this whole sound studio and we were all like, this is it, you know, but he was going down that lawyer path and he was, 
And then he ended up working for Lucas in the end. You know, he finally, he graduated, but then he ended up going, you know, working for, for Lucas because something popped up and he just went with it. But what if the roadmap had said, no, you're only supposed to go this way and you get stuck in that and, you know, what would happen? So I love the idea of, of an advocate, not only for the parents to know how to navigate these, these uh, you know, the admissions and, and, you know, moving forward in schooling and how to do that and where to do that but also that you're supporting, you know, the young person and their own journey and learning how to pay attention to what's in front of you, not just set something in stone and that's it, you know, but really paying attention. And, and is there something inside of the way that you guys work together that you're giving them those life skills through your process? Or do you just tell people what to do? Or how does it, how do you guys work together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, I've always seen, um, you know, we're, we're very proactive, uh, as far as, you know, how we, we offer support to our families. Um, you know, because sometimes students, you know, the students who are in high school, some of them are exceptionally driven and work hard and will just, you know, you know, you'll, you'll give them advice. They'll say, got a coach, you know, and they'll do it. And then a lot of other students are not, you know, they're not self-starters. They don't push themselves. And sometimes, you know, parents are, are hoping that, you know, by, by hiring you, that problem goes away. That problem doesn't go away, right? We're not miracle workers in the sense of if someone's not putting in the work, you know, magic, magically, they're like super motivated and stuff like that. So it takes it sometimes it takes, you know, time to actually identify what the what the child does, um, what what they enjoy, what they want to do. Because a lot of times students have have interests, you know, going back to your sound example, um, students have interests that the parents might not think are serious enough. Yeah, he spends all his time doing whatever. But but as far as college, could you tell us what he as though like those are not serious enough. They're not good mm-hmm. enough. They're just hobbies. Um, and I think sometimes uh, parents might downplay what a student does well. So I, I, I pay attention to those kinds of things. You know, what is a kid doing on a Saturday when they have no other responsibilities? Um, you know, if, you know, in, in, in confidence, what, what are they interested in? I get, I've get, I've gotten kids who told me, please don't tell my parents, but what I really want to do is X. Um, and then, and then, you know, parents might ask about a whole different thing. And, you know, I want you to do X, like hiring us for a specific result. And, and that's the thing, if, you know, wanting that, wanting that assurance, you know, if I hire this person, my kid will do what I want them to do right? Or um, all that kind of stuff. And so there's dialogue, there has to be a lot of dialogue and getting on the same page about it. Um, Because even if it's not now down the line, the student who was pushed into something they're they're not that interested in, they're gonna veer. It just it's just the way it is. I've seen it 10,000 times. And so, uh, you know, making sure that we're working with our students and figuring out, okay, what is that you like to do? Okay, what what communities do you like to serve? What problems do you like to solve? Okay, well, based on that, on your natural skill sets, what should you do? Because one activity is not inherently better than the other, right? Or one niche isn't better than the other. For example, like we wouldn't say that like law is inherently better than, I don't know, um, uh, environmental work. Or they're, they're just different. They're just different categories. And so we have to be open to, you know, where students natural sort of inklings are, but then figuring out like, how do we, you know, push the pedal on that in the right places? 
um, because we want to make sure that they get to that peak achievements and our students do exceptionally well with this process. And so it works. Um, you just have to have, be patient and, and trust that process. Yeah. And I guess part of the process must be as well, enlightening the parents that, you know, an artist doesn't mean poor. An artist, there's a full spectrum of possibilities to support sure. themselves inside of that, which sometimes is the reason, as you mentioned earlier on, you know, they have an idea of wanting their, not having to worry about their kids, that they're um, taken care of financially and, and in whatever way in the world. And they, they might have a certain assumption or limiting belief around a certain skill or yeah. area of interest. Uh, yeah. How do you, have you ever... Re- refuse somebody or how uh, as a client or because of um, their way of wanting to work with you or have you had a fair amount of success being able to uh, open parents to the idea that you know they can't just drive something forward in their kids lives because I I know some parents who it would be hard to imagine that you could change their mind that their kids shouldn't you know you I want you to mold my child into this so how do you work with that when somebody shows up like that? I don't, so I don't recall. I'm trying to think when you're asking (laughs) the question, I was trying to think of a situation where, you know, I said, we're not the right fit. I don't remember me doing that um, so explicitly. I mean, there are plenty of situations where I've, you know, parents want, you're going to do this and this and this. And it's like, we, that's not, you know what I mean? Like, here's how we support our students. So I think over time, as, um, as our students have just been so successful with the process. And um, I think I've developed a confidence to not, not only that our st- I've known f- forever that, you know, our, our process works, but um, so confident in that, you know, telling parents, look, I understand what your hopes are and how you want it done. I know what works. I'm confident in that. Here's what we offer. If you, if you agree great. It would be an absolute pleasure to support you. If not, we're not the right fit. I get no hard feelings. In other words, I think I've become more, um, more confident in communicating how we do things and that being, you know, the case and that working, um, but never being like, you know what, maybe we're not the right fit. Go down the street. I, I, I've never, uh, <laughs> it's never been that way. Yeah. I want parents. I, look, I'll put the cards on the table. It's not. It's not about my ego. It's not about bottom line. Whatever. I want. I want to work with people who share the philosophy and who have that patience and trust. And if they don't have it, that's okay. Doesn't make them a bad person. Um, I and I absolutely still wish their kids the best. Um, and you know, uh, we've been fortunate where pretty much every year, certainly the last many years, we've been full. So I'm not, that's not what I'm worried about. I want, I want folks whose, um, you know, whose desires align with, you know, how we like to support our students and it's worked very well. Well, and, and as somebody who's worked both in business and in the life of parenting, yeah. uh, I, I think it's, it's vital. And I, I watch a lot of people um, who haven't gotten to that confidence level yet for whatever reason, uh, just trying to please who comes, which isn't necessarily going to mean success for those involved. So I, I'm, it's great to see that you, your dedication to the success of the process and for the student uh, allows you to just be confident in, in what you're doing so that you can assert that uh, expertise essentially, because that's the mistake as a, 
ex-business coach uh, that I would see over and over again is like, oh, well, no, you know, I just, you know, we'd want to get that client and it's not just about the money, but they just want to work with people or whatever it is, uh, but don't have the nerve to say the truth like you are. And I think that that breaks the, the possibility of success. It breaks things down a bit. So it's, uh, it's uh, reassuring to hear that you are putting that out there because that is also well-respected. When you have a strong parent come in, it's also, again, underneath it all, there's often the, the fears or these ideas of things that they, that they want to do that predict and control thing. They yeah. figure as they have control, that means success because they know the right way because they've been successful in their life with how they did things. Uh, but that also that massive respect for someone like yourself who shows up and says, okay, and this is what I found that works and whatever it is that you say, you know, just truth telling in that moment in a, in a respectful and, and, um, you know, heart filled way. And I can hear that. So that's, thank you for being out there doing that, because I think that it's the whole process, uh, having worked with a lot of teens in my life and been a teen in my life, uh, the process is incredibly stressful, that all the things are you're supposed to do and you don't know what you're supposed to do in school so that you can get to the end result that you think you want, but you're not sure. And is it what your parents want? Is it what you want? There's so much in there. I mean, how do you work with the mindset piece inside of that? Do you refer people in another direction? Do you have people inside your team who work with that piece? Is that a piece that you um, because it's inevitably you've been talking about it. It pops up, you know, there's the kids oh, yeah. just like, yeah, sure. And then the others that are going through all this stuff, you know, on the way to figuring it out with you. Yeah. How do you it, it manage just that? I mean, a lot of times, uh, you know, expectations and stuff are pretty clearly communicated um, by, you know, conscious, you know, explicitly or, or not. Um, I can still hear it, you know, if that makes sense. I'm sure you've had this experience. So yeah. it's not like a shock. Uh, you know, if a parent has a certain expectation down the line and stuff like that, I can pick it up fairly early and, and talk about it even before they sign up to work with us. Um, there was uh, recently a parent, um, I'll, I'll give an example. There was recently a situation where, um, you know, during the, you know, post our consultation, they were gearing up to sign up and all this kind of stuff. And they said, um, I want to, you know, our top three choices um, for our child, our school A, school B, and school C. They were all, they were top 10 universities, basically, um, um, Ivy League schools. And, and I, you know, I just want to make sure we're on the same page about the top three choices before we sign up. I said, okay. Um, I'm wondering why you asked. The reason is like, we don't guarantee a specific result. So I'm wondering why it's critical for us to agree on the top three choices. Right. In other words, like, what if, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and she's like, oh, I understand there are no guarantees. And da, 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 da. they never ended up signing up because I think that, um, you know, they know that most the vast majority of our students get into one or more of their top three choices. And so my my sense is she was saying, well, these are our top three. Do you agree? As in, like, as though we would be guaranteeing that. Right. So there was a subtext there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting um, because even when you say it explicitly, it's like, oh, I totally know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's not a guarantee, whatever, but it it appears to me that, you know, that was the expectation, right? That it was going to be a guarantee of that that result, and um, and it would be wrong to say yes, that is definitely going to happen because I, I I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball, right? <laughs> um, I know that most of our students do achieve, you know, that result, and you know, it's very likely with our support, their their child would have, 
but I can't say it for sure. And so like you, you, you read, you know, if you speak with enough families and, and hear enough expectations and stuff like this, you get a sense of what people are looking for. And so um, it comes up. So I, I, again, I could have said, oh yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm, those are the three, whatever, let's move forward. But I would have known that, you know, the whole time, oh boy, like if that result doesn't happen, whatever, you know, um, and that will, you know, yes, I agree on the top three, whatever, something else might have come up in the future. So I'm upfront about it. I'm completely upfront about it. Absolutely. I think your daughter can get into one of these with our support. Can I guarantee that? I cannot. And we'd love to support your daughter. I'm very confident (laughs) about it. I just can't guarantee it. And if that makes you uncomfortable, if I'm going to be, you know, upfront with you, then I can't, I can't control that, but I have to do what's right. Um, you know, for our students and for our team. Yeah. Well, that, that honesty is important and, you know, not everybody does that as we see in business and life all the time. And, uh, you know, and you attract the right people, you attract fewer people. So if they say no to that, then it will probably end up being less of a headache for everyone involved, as you mentioned. So could you walk us through Chirag, like if, you know, if somebody's listening to this podcast and then they go, you know, we're going to have you say, you know, with words at the end of the podcast, you know, how they can connect with you, but we're also going to have in the description, how they can connect with you. They click on, you know, connecting with you. Can you just, I know not everybody's exactly the same, but just in loosely uh, let me know what, what they could be expecting as far as, you know, they click on the link, they're going to choose. I saw, you know, if they're going for medical admin, uh, you know, medical school, or, you know, they're going for regular college admissions or whatever button they click on, what comes next? Do they have a short consult? Do they meet with you? Like what happens next? Yeah. So, you know, people usually find us through, again, word of mouth, or they're looking online for some source of information or another, and they come across us. And, you know, folks will either, you know, sign up for a consultation then, or they'll join our um, newsletter where they'll they'll get a bunch of resources about different aspects of the admissions process. And at some point, they'll reach out, whether it's after freshman year or sophomore year or right before applications, and have a consultation about their particular child. And, you know, I'll review their resume, their stats, all this stuff and talk to them about their kids and answer questions. Um, I, I'm very much a person who just answers questions and, you know, I, I really don't bring up even services unless asked. Right. And because I want to make sure that folks feel comfortable approaching me about it. Right. Because it's, um, that's all I want for them to, to feel successful and for them to, you know, at minimum, if all they do is leave our call with more knowledge about the process, I feel like it was a success, even if there was no, you know, penny exchanged. And so, and then, you know, a subset of folks who, you know, who feel aligned with, you know, our support, um, will sign up for services, um, and, and we'll take it from there and guide their kids. I mean, we're talking, um, now in mid June of 2021, we're actually currently full and we only have a wait list. And so, um, so right now folks are, you know, reaching out and, might open up some spots, um, but it's just, I don't know, we had another very successful cycle. And so th- that's filling up. And so I'm just like, well, I could, I can increase the number of students we <laughs> take on, but you know, at the expense of what, you know, attention maybe, and I don't want that either. So yeah. um, there are tough decisions to make there as well, every single year about maintaining the integrity of your service. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's how it works. And, and when, uh, someone has their number come up on the, on the wait list, 
do they have options? You know, I'm just trying to get a sense because I, you know, I know coaching, I know some consulting. Is it more um, you work out together, like you connect like once a week, once a month, right before different exams? Like how is it? Yeah. It Each person is obviously unique, but is it how, what would be the minimum that you would want to connect with them in their process? Say someone actually connects with you at that ideal time, just before freshman year, yeah. would you quite frequently, or is it just every so often? I mean, yeah, no, it's uh, you want to do, I mean, throughout the advising process, once a month minimum, have a phone okay. or video call. Um, and then in the interim have, you know, exchange emails and provide assignments and review those, ask questions, answer questions. So it's ongoing support. Sometimes people ask like total, how many hours do you spend? Would you spend with a kid? I'm like, ma'am, I've never counted. Um, because the, you know, because the, the work that happens between, you know, those calls takes up a lot of time and thinking and stuff like that. I say, I don't know, but it's high. Um, yeah. but I've, I've never counted, you know, and same thing on the application side. So application side, again, unlimited advising, unlimited access to, to our team. And we'll brainstorm, edit, you know, essays, however many times we need, provide as many edits as we need. I, I care more about the, the result um, and the quality of the work rather than counting time. But people sometimes say, yeah, yeah but what's your hourly? I'm like, I don't have an hour. It's, you know, <laughs> we, we help you complete this project, this, this set of work. And it does, it shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't pay more if we spent more time with your kid to make it better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're not going to punish mm -hmm. you for needing help. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I just, that's just my, my philosophy. Thank you. Cause that's, you know, knowing, um, yeah, knowing the intention behind is, is pretty key. And, uh, and just also what kind of commitment that could be there as well as a resource, because it's, it's such an intense process school wanting to enjoy school yep. at the same time you know being prepared and doing the right steps like you said like don't take every single ap class every honors class so that you feel like your yeah. life is hell yeah make good decisions rather than the ones you think you're supposed to make which seems to me invaluable you know your your service and your being out there as a as a resource because uh yeah, it can be a tangled mess of stress. And, and instead, you can transform that into being, you know, what people actually need to get where they want to go. And, mm -hmm. and you do that together and knowing somebody's out there who's not emotionally involved in the same way as yeah. your family is huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, and finding the balance between all of that for you must be quite, I agree. quite a task. There's a lot. Um, what would be uh, the most ideal thing that uh, if you were to say, give, give a last piece of advice to people, um, I would say if you could give an advice to parent and also to the, the student involved, um, what they should keep in mind when they're thinking of moving forward with, with college and what do they need to remember? Be deliberate. You know, it's a, sort of a, a summary of what we've talked about today. Just be yeah. deliberate with the process. Um, you know, don't join things because you think it's a good idea because others are doing it. Taking a course because you think you have to and everyone who's been successful must take this. You know, it's these uh, when you tr when you make college black and white, you run into trouble when you create rules about what has to happen. And if you don't do that thing, you're doomed that's when you get into trouble because a lot of people share those misbeliefs and, you know, they all start to flock together and look the same. 
And so you, it's not, so it's not about like purposefully going against the tide. That's not what I'm saying. Just be deliberate. And if your process follows, you know, uh, a road that's a little bit more paved. Okay. But if not, that's also okay. And there, there are, you know, there are a million ways to achieve success with the process and um, just be deliberate. Thank you. And as parents, how could we best support you in your process um, on the way to meeting you? Like before we even meet up with you for admissions, like not my daughter's five, not that I'm thinking about college at this moment, but what would be, you know, on the journey, one of the best pieces of advice you could give us to in preparation for the moment when we meet up for college prep? Yeah. I mean, so, um, you know, if you have a younger child, just, uh, just observe, observe what they gravitate towards. Um, you know, going back to what we said, what I've shared about with my own kid, like when I feel like, Ooh, like he's not, you know, I wish he was doing this thing better at soccer, like toddler soccer practice. Like if you get anxious, ask yourself always, is this for, am I making this about me or is it about my kid? Chances are you're making it about you and just observe that in yourself. It does again, doesn't mean you're a bad person or anything, or you're a bad parent or your kid's doomed, but just observe that stuff because later on, you know, it's going to be valuable if you've observed your kid, you know, gravitating towards one thing or another, how can you help them achieve at a very high level in that chosen area? Right. And then, and then when it comes to, um, when it comes to the actual college admissions process or preparing before talking to me kind of thing, um, just be very careful about your source of information. You're going to hear a lot from other parents and they're going to say, I read, I heard da, 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 da. Well, you should vet that, you know, why is that, is that a good source of information? Is that not a good source of information? Right. Um, we see this a lot in, in politics and in personal health and all this kind of stuff. People get information from all sorts of places and they might be misinformed. Um, so what's your education source? Where are you getting, where are you learning stuff from? Um, and are these, uh, are these, you know, good sources? Are they reliable sources? If they're not question it, you know, even if you believe they are question it, you know, and, and find out from folks who know um, how to be successful. Thank you, Shirag, for empowering both the, the student and the parents, all of yeah. us out here. I really appreciate it. And um, I've really enjoyed talking with you and learning a little bit more about um, the possibilities behind the support for getting ready for the next phase, you know, after high school and all well, during high school, I should say as well. Yeah. Um, remind people how they can connect with you. As I said before, we'll put, of course, we'll put your links down in the podcast, but yeah. Where would you like people to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, for your so, team. Yeah, you can visit our site. Um, so it's shemasanconsulting.com or just shemasan.com will take you there. Again, I'm sure you'll link to it, but um, it's very easy. Just find the contact link at the in the top right corner and, and reach out. And uh, a lot of folks will join our newsletter as well. Anytime you get a note, you can always reply to those. Um, we make it easy to reach out and get support. So it would be a treat to help anybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Hey, before you sign off, don't forget down in the description to click on the three-day exhale, which is happening next week, the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th of November. It's free and it's a time to replenish and kind of get the reserves going up and getting you ready for the new year. If you're working with midlife fertility and pregnancy uh it's so good and i'm really excited just really honestly to gather and create a a safe private beautiful space to you know just get what you deserve anyway 
that's it. <laughs> Just have a great day and keep being the beautiful and perfect self that you are. Thank you for listening to our Very Imperfect Parenting Podcast. If you'd like a little more like live coaching sessions, then jump into facebook.com backslash IPParents. You can also write me at ariel at imperfectparenting.net or jump on that site for other resources like book reviews and other fun things. If you would just share with one person or let one person know about this podcast, that helps us a lot. As well, we have Patreon with extra privileges and have a beautifully imperfect day. Thank you so much for being out there.